0: Welcome to another episode of the ACC Northeast Practice and Career Management Committee's podcast series around the in house. I'm Alex Afariot, Senior Legal Counsel at the Boston Consulting Group, Secretary of the ACC Northeast Chapter Board, and Co Chair of the Practice and Career Management Committee.
1: And I'm Ruchi Sasodia Shah, Director and Senior Counsel at Boston Scientific, and a member of the Practice and Career Management Committee. Alex and I are excited to speak with more members of the in-house practice about their careers, their aspirations, their challenges, and personal passions. We hope to continue to provide our listeners with a great opportunity to hear directly from other members about the issues they're facing and share their best pieces pieces of advice about building a successful in-house practice. So thanks for joining us for another trip around the in-house.
0: In this episode, we are thrilled to have Lon Marinelli, Assistant General Counsel and Assistant Secretary at HubSpot, joining us on the podcast. Lon is a graduate of the University of Arizona and received her law degree from Boston College Law School. She started her legal career at the Boston firm Brown Rudnick before moving in-house and descending through a variety of corporate law-focused roles at four different public companies. She joined the rapidly growing legal team at HubSpot in 2018, where she now leads its corporate practice area. It's such a pleasure to welcome Lon to the podcast. Lon, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, Alex and Ruchi. It's so nice to meet with you. And it's been so nice getting to know you over the past couple of weeks.
0: Likewise. Um, So so I'll start, and then Ruchi and and I will both have questions for you. But but we wanted to start with your impressive career, um, which we know it it currently finds you as the AGC of one of Boston's fastest growing publicly traded companies. Um, so could you just give our listeners a little bit of insight into your career path that, that took you to where you are now?
2: Yeah, that sounds great. So I actually started my career as an auditor at Deloitte & Touche um, here in Boston after I graduated from college, uh, which I worked there for about two years. And what's great about having that accounting and finance background is in this corporate public company world, it's really given me a great connection to the finance team that you know, I mm-hmm. often support uh, in-house. Um, from from Deloitte, I went back to law school, and then I I moved to Brown-Rudnick, as you noted above, Um, and then, you know, from Brown-Rudnick, I was there for about five years, where I did just general corporate practice, we did everything from you know, supporting small startups at MIT to, you know, large mergers. I worked on the holologic psychic merger a couple, well, several years ago now. And um, one fun fact is at Brown Rudnick, HubSpot was one of our clients. And so, so it was always so interesting hearing the name HubSpot. It was definitely the startup darling, you know, way back when. And so, you know, in 2018, when, you know, HubSpot was hiring for this role, I, it, I immediately jumped for it just because it it's kind of a full circle experience for, for my career. Um, you know, between and HubSpot, I was able to work at some really fantastic local companies. Um, Sapient Corporation, which got acquired by a French public company. I helped to take Conformis, um, a medical knee device company, public, which was an awesome experience to work on an IPO. And then um, before HubSpot, I was at Athena Health, where I was for a little over two and a half years before um, they went private as well.
0: Wow, Very, yeah, all super impressive. And, um, and I, I, I love the, the full circle of coming from, from where you heard your, your current employer as a, as a client. Um, and you know, one thing that really stuck with me when we talked um, earlier about your career is that you've placed so much emphasis on building relationships with your coworkers and with your network. So I'm just curious um, if you could talk a little bit more about how relationships in particular have helped build your career in, in, in the way it's formed.
2: Yeah, so actually at each of the places where I worked in health, Sapient, Conformist, Athena Health and HubSpot, I've gotten those roles because of the, because of the relationships I've, I've built over my career. Uh, so at Sapient, um, you know, in public company world, you work a lot with financial printers and worked with, uh, there was a financial printer called Bown uh, several years ago. I think they have since merged into another company. But um, he was connected to my, my manager at Sapient, Kim Newsom, and so I was able to pass my resume through him, you know, came into that interview process at the very end. But, it, you know, I wouldn't have gotten an interview or probably gotten as far as I did without, without that connection. And then, you know, when Sapient got acquired, my outside counsel, Lori Servini, who's um, an amazing partner at Morgan, Lewis, uh, her husband was a general counsel at Conformis, and so she obviously knew Sapient was, you know, not gonna be a public company anymore. And because I wanted to continue being a public company, you know, doing public company work, um, she knew her husband was, you know, about to go public with his company, so recommended me for that role, which was, again, fantastic. Uh, You know, I was really happy at Conformis and, you know, excited to be there, but a couple of my former colleagues from Sapient, were at Athena Health and there was a role there. So they, you know, <laughs> kind of pulled me over there. It was a really fantastic experience. And then at HubSpot, um, one of my former good friends and former colleagues at Sapient uh, was good friends with Brian Elworthy, the GC of Toast. And his wife is Alison Elworthy at HubSpot. And so, you know, passed my resume along through there. So I can't stress the, the power of networks and relationships you know, as it's gotten me to where I am today Um, on top of, you know, potentially getting jobs. I think that it's, you know, you're, you're at work for so long. It's, it's really good to like the people that you work with and to build those relationships (laughs) with the people that you work with. Um, You know, I think the most successful one-on-ones are the ones that you don't talk about work at all. And, and really just You know, talk about your weekend, or that, or you know, what you're going through, or just you know, kind of just just talking about each other's lives and really getting to know uh, that person. I think that at the end of the day, when it does come time for you to need something from that person, they're more inclined to help you because you do have that underlying relationship. So, uh, you know, again, I just work so much, and I really want to enjoy my time at work, and so uh, you know, building those relationships is just. you know, a key part of, of how I work.
1: That's such an important point. And I think that's great advice. Actually, my question was going to be to you, um, a follow up of, of what's your advice in creating and sustaining those relationships. But I think you really hit it is is that personal connection. And I think some people miss that, but that's what people remember. Um, the work is important; it's why we're always there. But it's those personal relationships that really um, keep the connection going and and help you both in in the in the work that you're at and your future career. So you know, thank you for that. I think that's that's perfect advice. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I'll just plug the fact that I I feel like I met you Lon, through a. a, a a a coworker of mine at BCG who I know you also work with at Sapient, Marcy Smirnoff. So again, the like Boston network of of lawyers and you know you just never know who you're gonna um meet and 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 find a way. And I, I I credit her with <laughs> telling me to reach out to you when, when I saw you on a panel. So
2: just everyone should always party. be nice to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the exactly. safety legal team was was definitely one of a kind. I, I think had it not been acquired, I I might still be there. Um, you know, a lot of really solid relationships came out of that legal team. Um, Kelly Burwood, who's actually the employment lead, uh, legal employment lead at HubSpot, used to work there, and then Marcy. Um, Shauna balth and Sarah Papagalis, whom I've worked with, you know, since, have, have have all been really key supporters of, of you know, we've, we've all supported each other's careers and just, you know, having those connections and, and has been really important to me.
1: So with, the, you know, with the four years now under your belt at HubSpot, what does your typical
2: day look like for you there? Well, I think as you probably both... <laughs> experience yourselves like I don't think there is a typical day in in-house life um I I feel like every single day is different um our corporate team covers you know kind of especially at a rapidly growing company but corporate team um, that I lead focuses on you know anything and everything related to being a public company so we do board of directors work corporate governance SEC filings you know um New York Stock Exchange compliance, international expansion, M&A, venture investments, um, ESG sustainability, and we also review all of um, HubSpot's global facilities leases. So there's a wide range of areas that that our team focuses on. And I would say every day is is a little bit different. Um, I mean, I guess in general, like I typically start the day by dropping my kids off at school. I have two daughters. They're almost 8 and almost 11. After that, I, I do try to sneak in a quick Peloton workout. And yes, I'm, I'm very obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> and then HubSpot is, as I'm sure most in-house um, companies are, just very meeting heavy. And so I, I, am in, I, I do find myself in a bunch of meetings, whether it's one-on-ones with my team, one-on-ones with stakeholders in the business, um, various like company or team meetings. We have a lot of like ask me anythings, either company-wide or with the legal team. Um, yesterday we had a brunch and learn where we learned um, from Hannah Fleischman, our amazing uh, employer brand lead about, you know, what she does on the employer brand side to make HubSpot such a fantastic company and to promote, you know, HubSpot and and what she does on the internal comms side too. So, you know, a lot of cool um, meetings, well, cool, cool might not be the right word, but <laughs> interesting meetings like that, uh, you know, and I know we'll probably get into this, but with being remote and with COVID, I, I feel like there is a lot of meeting fatigue too. And so what I really try to do at the beginning of the day is look at my meetings and ask, like, do we really need to have this meeting? Um, and that kind of is counter to my relationship, because obviously if you want to, you know, continue connecting with with folks, but you know, look at look at your meeting cadence and see, you know, do you really need to meet weekly or can you meet bi-weekly or can you meet monthly? Um, Do you need to meet for an hour or can you meet for half an hour or, uh, you know, can this be asynchronous? We've been really trying to promote within HubSpot, like, does this really need to be a meeting or can it, can you accomplish like the same goals asynchronously? So, um, and I find that anytime I, you know, Slack someone say like, hey, you know, do you want your time back (laughs) or, (laughs) you know, do you have anything on the agenda like I think nine times out of 10, no, let's, let's cancel. And, but keep the time block on so we can, we can work. work. Keep the time block. I'm not the I only one who feel, does that. I, guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel shy about doing that because of the relationship that I've built already. Like, I don't feel like they'll think, Oh, Lon wants to cancel on me. She must not think I'm important or like want to spend time with me. But actually it's it's like the opposite because we are so close and because we have, build that relationship. I actually do feel comfortable and I hope my stakeholders and team feel comfortable with me to, to do the same thing too. Um, yeah. Can I just ask
0: a follow-up question? I, I love the idea of an ask me anything for the legal team. So do you do that with your, like internally on the legal team or do you do that for the business so they can ask you guys questions?
2: Oh, we haven't actually done it for the business. We do it more internally for our broader uh, legal and compliance team. So I think we're about 50 strong now at HubSpot. We, When I joined in 2018, I was the 10th member of the team. Um, and wow. now we have like 50 or so. And I think by the end of the year, we're going to have probably 80 or so. Um, so we are hiring all roles, so you know. Please take a look at our website, not just on the legal team, but across HubSpot. We're growing like crazy, and would love, um, you know, any anyone who's interested, please reach out. That's Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's. We'll make sure to plug that also at the
1: end. Um yeah. <laughs> because HubSpot sounds like a great place to um, to work. So, staying on the same topic of, of you know of your time. Currently at HubSpot, you know, you're now managing a team of three mm-hmm. um, with, as we just talked about, more growth for the legal team on the horizon. Uh, what are some of the challenges you face to balance your role with the demands you have of the business and the company with the career goals of your team?
2: Yeah, I think that um, I think just finding time to do everything. You know, there's obviously your there's obviously your set day-to-day work, you know, on the public company corporate side, there's all the compliance aspects of, you know, filing the 10K, filing the proxy, you know, getting the DNO questionnaires out and everything. Um, And it's great that I have a growing team now that to help, to help with um, a lot of those compliance initiatives and efforts. I think what um, is tough for me is finding time because there's so much of the day-to-day work, like, truly finding time to be a little bit more strategic with my team and also as a member of the legal leadership team. You know, there's so many different initiatives. You know, I used to oversee the budget, but now we have Sarah Flint, a new director of legal operations, who's taking that over, which is fantastic because, you know, doing a lot of the kind of legal administrative or operations type um, things was really weighing down on me. Like I, you know, run the, outside counsel, the legal budget, the outside counsel billing platform, um, a lot of the, you know, brunch and learns and legal team meetings and everything. And so, you know, balancing the day-to-day, the legal operations work, the the strategic work, like thinking ahead and how to make the team better and, you know, and, um, um, you know, what are our core uh, focus areas for the year all of, there's so many different competing priorities. Um, And then, you know, as as you mentioned, like learning to grow, growing yourself um, and getting those opportunities for yourself and for your team, I think it's just, it's just a lot to think about. And, you know, and then you put a family on top of that and, you know, um, kind of cooking and wanting to catch up on the latest uh, succession or whatever—it's there's just not enough hours in the day. But you know, I—I I feel like as I've progressed in my career, I really have tried to carve out like work time. I really have tried to not work as late. I mean, this is just like a couple weeks in, but um, <laughs> not work as much as. I, I was working because it's just, it, at the end of the day, it's just not healthy and it's not sustainable and it's not a good model for your teammates. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you just, you have to feel comfortable setting, setting boundaries for yourself. Um, so making lists is, is, has been helpful for me and, you know, trying to just slowly tick through them. I, I was, I'm really not a to-do list person. I, have historically kept everything in my head, which is a little scary, um, <laughs> I'm but, have, yeah. <laughs> but I've been trying to make a little bit more lists, especially when you're working with a team too, you know, you can't keep everything in your head because you've like, you know, what is your team working on too? There's just a lot to, to think about. So,
1: so I know it's only been a few weeks that you said that you've, um, you know, purposefully and actively trying to um, set boundaries and, and carve out time. Cause as lawyers, we all can, you know, work 24 seven and the work's not done, but ha- how has it felt this last few weeks? Like, has it been manageable? Are you feeling that it's working? Uh, do you feel, you know, like the clients are still happy? It's setting a good tone. Like how, it, how has it been? It's been,
2: it's been really good. Um, you know, they're they are definitely, nights that i just try to go through my email inbox and you know try to cross some things off the list um but what i found myself doing is instead of actually emailing the person or you know kind of getting things off my list uh, you know no one wants to get an email at 10 pm from Mm -hmm. their boss or manager or you know it, it causes some pressure i feel like on the other side and so what i've been doing is even though You know, maybe after my kids go to bed, that's like a good time for me to work. That might not be, you know, no one else has to know that. Like I can get my stuff done and send emails like in draft form. Um, But, you know, I've been trying not to send them until the morning just to not cause any panic on, on the other side. Uh, That being said, I've been trying to do that less because, you know, again, I have been trying to sign off earlier and. Um, make just some time for actually cooking dinner and, you know, making time for my family. Um, And it's, it's been great. It really has been great. Yes. The work is still there and it's piling (laughs) up and I get crazy when my inbox gets too crazy, but I think it's important. The work is always going to be there. Um, And so just, you know, making sure you're getting what you need to get done. um, But, you know, more on your schedule and really, you know, setting as setting as many boundaries as you can and saying no, when you can, I mean, you know, can't like say no to reviewing the risk factors of the (laughs) (laughs) 10, but there might be, you know, it might not need to be a one day turnaround. It could be a week turnaround or a three day, you know, like, just setting a little bit more boundaries and not having to get everything done like ASAP, like, you know, we once did at the firm or. Yeah. I I wholly agree that I think as lawyers,
1: especially junior attorneys, you're just conditioned to think that you have to reply to everything within a minute and you're in a service department and you have to turn it around and it's realizing, no, that's not true. And then when, when leaders like you set that tone um, for the rest of the department, the rest of the company, you know, everybody follows and it feels um, more comfortable for others to do it. And you do realize like, oh, the work still gets done. The company's not going to explode if I don't, <laughs> um, reply to this, this email. Um, and going along those lines, you know, we talked about in our preparation call, um, one of the things to help you do that was delegate and delegation. And, you know, it's sometimes hard for lawyers who usually are type A personalities to delegate, um, have you been able to do that and what are your tips for for folks out there on like how do you learn to delegate how do you comfort, get comfortable doing it um that would be great if you could share your thoughts on that
2: yeah um it is very hard especially you know if you are a little earlier in your career because you you know you feel like you need to prove yourself and you need to be the one to respond and you need to be the one facing the client but I truly believe that like delegating your work and like sharing, you know, kind of sharing the load is just so good for everyone involved. Uh, it, it does take a ton of time to help your team grow and learn a new area of law. You know, I have a relatively, um, you know, a, a couple relatively junior folks on my team, or, you know, either new to the law practice or new to in-house life. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it's easier. I can just get it done. Like it's easier for me to get it done, but they're never going to learn. I'm never going to have someone be able to help me. And so even though it might be a little more time up front, it's gonna save both of us time in the long run, um, you know, because uh, like, I'm not the only one who knows how to do something. Like if I'm on vacation, I can actually take a vacation. And you're also helping your team or the individual grow their own career and their own, you know, you know, learning um, a new area of law or a new way of doing things. And so, you know, I I, I do think it's really important. I'm not, you know, not perfect at it yet. And I'm (laughs) learning to delegate myself, but I do think that, uh, and this kind of goes into, you know, how I think um, as a leader, is just Putting your team in front of the right people and, you know, letting them kind of grow and shine, letting them make their own mistakes so that they learn how to do it the next time around. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, having a strong team and having a strong team that is able to be in front of stakeholders and not just you just reflects so well on yourself that you you were able to hire a strong team. It doesn't doesn't mean that they're gonna forget about you or that they're gonna, you know I think it's good if they go to this person because then they're not gonna go to you. And then you have yeah. more time. Than all time. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I absolutely love that. And I think it's a, it's a, a really important point um, about about leadership. And I just sort of on that same topic, I would love to hear your thoughts because I, I know, you know, you talked about delegation, how important that is and, and putting your team in front, but do you think that there's sort of consistent skill sets or competencies that assistant general counsels or general counsels need to possess. And, and I'm just kind of curious, like, what are some of the attributes that you've seen in in, in the leaders that you've had at your, at your current organization or previous ones that you've most admired and, and really think kind of make the, you know, ideal uh, a leader in that regard?
2: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts here. And obviously, I'm still learning how to model these, these, these behaviors myself. So you know, definitely not perfect at them yet. But, um, you know, one of the best leaders I've ever worked with is Dan Haley. He was my general counsel at Athena Health, and he's now the general counsel at Sprinkler. And he, um, you know, when he became general counsel at Athena Health, he uh, had a government affairs and litigation background. So he didn't have a public company SEC background, but he was going to be, you know, the GC of a public company. And so, you know, he, you know, hired my for my position and let me do what I needed to do and put me in front of, you know, Jonathan Bush and the CEO and the board and like brought me along. He wasn't, you know, what I learned from him is like, he's like, no, you're the expert on this and you should be the one kind of relaying the information and, and being in front of the right people. And um, I thought that was just, I... I loved it personally because it helped me kind of take that next step into that type of, you know, AGC role and just his confidence in hiring like the best, I'm I'm not saying I'm the best, but like (laughs) hiring like people that are better than you or like not being afraid to hire your replacement. He often spoke about that. And I just thought it was like such a great leadership style because a lot of, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to put people ahead of them or um, out front because, you know, they're not going to get the credit or it's like, no, you are, you're going to get the credit because you hired that person and that person is impressive. So you're impressive for hiring them. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I just think being, you know, a strong leader and being confident enough in yourself that you can let others shine without, uh, without being afraid that that's going to dim your own light or whatever those <laughs> analogies are. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, just like kind of not being afraid to hire your replacement. Like, I hope, I hope that I hire people that are better than me. Cause then I can learn from them too. And, you know, I think being, um, you, you know, kind of that servant leadership concept and leading from the back and, you know, kind of encouraging your folks to, to really shine and, and come into their own. Is is definitely something that I I hope I emulate as a leader. Um and that I really appreciate.
0: Yeah, that's I I think such a, a great point about just you know, not being afraid of, of learning from someone. And I think it's something certainly at least what I've enjoyed most about working in-house is you have so many brilliant minds around you and get to learn even if it's not exactly the same type of work that you do. And and so I, yeah, I, I I like that a lot. Um, Rishi, I know if you want, want to jump in. I-
1: no, I agree. I think that's the mark of a great leader. And that's how you grow a great department and a great team um, is, is letting other people shine and letting their expertise shine, which only benefits them, you and the company. So uh, I think that's perfect. And something we can all learn from.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think one other really important point is like celebrating other success, which kind of goes into letting your team shine. But, you know, nowadays you everyone is working around the clock. There like, is no end to the, just, uh, you know, everybody is kind ta- of you know, taking workers for granted. And, and so showing appreciation and making your team feel valued um, and really like listening to them is, is I, I think another important feature of a good general counsel or assistant general counsel or, or a leader
1: especially right now when the, the market seems so hot for yeah, yeah. attorneys to, to, to leave. Um, you know, I know that's one of the the big reasons I stay at Boston Scientific is because I do have that. I do have that in my leaders and I do feel appreciated and, um, totally agreed. You know, that's, that's really important. I think to everybody,
2: mm-hmm. definitely.
0: So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, and I know we've already talked about some of Some of the things I'm going to ask you about but I wanted to switch and really focus on a topic that I know that you're very passionate about um and that's on mental sustainability and and just general work-life balance um and and you know I think you mentioned this earlier Lon but we're living at a time when many people continue to be remote and you know just like the news can feel like too much and just like everything you know family and and all the other stress you've got in your life um But we're all still expected to perform at the top of our our ability and and, and really grow in our careers. So um, I would just love it if you could talk to the listeners about what you've employed for yourself to help sustain your own mental health and and, and what ideas you have for for, your team in general.
2: Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about this already. But, um, you know, again, just trying to model the right behaviors to my team, you know, trying not to make working late, like too much of a habit, or, or if I do kind of doing, <laughs> doing it quietly so that, you know, I'm not forcing my, you know, like my time of work on, on others, I I actually have received and I, I need to do this myself, um, emails with a footer at the bottom, I don't know if Alex, you or have, have received these, it's like, I'm sending this email when convenient for me, but it might not be convenient for you. So, you know, don't feel pressured to respond right away. Oh, I've never seen that. It's, it's pretty, it's kind of cool. I've, I've actually received it on a couple oh, of emails. Yeah. yeah. And in a way it's like, oh, well then you're working late. Like, <laughs> but, you know, with, with, with everybody remote now, I mean, you might be getting an email from the West coast that's you know, seems late to you, but it's, it's not necessarily late for them. Um and so I, I like that kind of inclusive um inclusive footer. So I might start trying to employ that.
1: And I don't know if you guys have also seen
2: on Outlook, I've started seeing it pop up and I'm I'm about
1: to send something late and it actually says, Do you want to send this now or do you want to send this during the person's normal business hours? Like Ooh. click this button. Um, which I think is also and I've I've started doing that, you know, when I forget and I'm about to send um yeah. that the head, footer header pops up. And so then I'm like, yes, please send it their business time to your point. We're global now. So it might be somebody else's time zone or it's just not convenient time for them. So,
2: yeah, that's pretty cool. I know. Yeah. I have a bunch of draft emails in my inbox, which usually, but then, you know, getting, getting all of them at once is not, not that best <laughs> really the next day either. Slack, you can schedule messages too. I didn't realize that until Recently. I just learned that feature.
0: I love yeah, that feature.
2: It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I think another kind of boundary, or or at least modeling good behavior, is being really loud when you're taking time off yourself or just um, HubSpot has this really cool out of office generator. It's um it's really kind of fun out of office me- messages. I think it's OOO or yeah, oo generator.com. And you, you plug in like when you're leaving, when you're getting time off, um, while you're doing, and then they'll come up with like really fun messages um, <laughs> and, and you can tailor them accordingly. But I, um I mean, they might be kind of obnoxious, but I I often get emails like, oh my God, it's the best out of office I've ever, you know, seen. Oh my so
0: God. I that love out. that. So,
2: Is this a public
0: yeah. site? Cause I might need to go check this out myself. <laughs>
2: It's pretty cool. I think one, one, like I said during the summer was like, you know, hi, you've reached, um, you've reached vacation lawn or like this is, you've reached vacation lawn. Like vacation lawn is very similar to work lawn, but she does like X, Y, Z, like on the beach and like, <laughs>
1: whereas
2: like work lawn, like blah, blah. So work lawn, you know, it's just kind of like cute. Um, but you know, again, being loud when you're taking time off, um, and, you know, encouraging your team to take time off HubSpot has unlimited vacation, which is, you know, an amazing perk uh, you know, I, I think we look at it more like flexibility, you know, if you need to take a half day, or you need to go to the doctor, or you need to, you know, do a kid's field trip or something like that, like, you don't have to worry about, you know, taking time off from your quote, unquote, four weeks of vacation or whatnot. So um, really like that. I, I, you know, I do encourage my team to take advantage of that benefit to, you know, go to the gym during the day to pick up their kids, to kind of, you know, do, do what they need to do. Um, obviously there is a ton of work that needs to get done, but, you know, just encouraging, um, them to, you know, we're all adults and we know, you know, how, how and when we, we best work. And so just encouraging that flexibility. Um, and then, you know, I, I, as we spoke about before, I really am trying to at least say no or yeah, not respond as quickly as I usually do, making time for my family, making time for myself, making time for, um, you know, just not work, like being, <laughs> being not in front of the, the computer. And so, you know, establishing those boundaries and what's important to you and making sure you can fit them in during your day. I I do like to block out my calendar. I use my calendar quite a bit. Um, And so, you know, I have all my personal stuff on there. Obviously, sometimes it's visible, sometimes it's not, but just really, you know, making known like when I am available, when my working hours are, when you can't block, um, it it has been really helpful for me. Perfect. I think that's all really
1: helpful advice for people. And um, I'm sure it really helps your team and company. I think even with those sometimes, you know, isolation and and burnout are are likely, especially again in the current situation that we're all in, Um, what has worked for you to help combat the stigma of of asking for help? And what else do you think that companies should be doing to address that when, you know, people just feel overwhelmed and and they can't set the boundaries or don't feel that they, they can, or maybe they have and it's still not working?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, asking for help for me has has <laughs> never really been an issue. And it, you know, again, it kind of comes for a full circle. If you have the right relationships with either, you know, one of your colleagues, one of a member of your team, another, uh, you know, a peer on the legal team, to to kind of jump in and help, like when needed. Or you know, if you have that right relationship with your stakeholder and you've got, you know, something going on whether it's personal or you're just having a day um you know getting that support from those stakeholders or just getting their understanding of, you know, time time frames etc i think is it has been really helpful for me um on the family front i you know we have had amazing luck with um we had an amazing nanny for 7 years uh so you know just Not being afraid of like asking for help uh, from, you know, people, people like nannies and babysitters, after school care, um, neighbors, even. Can you pick up, you know, my kid? Um, Can we arrange like a carpool situation? I feel like so many people like feel like they need to do it all and do it all themselves, but that is not sustainable and it's just not. it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to look vulnerable. I, I think it's okay to, you know, just, just say like you're struggling. Cause again, that, that makes you more human. Everyone is the same. Everyone feels this way. You don't need to, you know, have this perfect facade and, and think that you can get all done. Cause you know, I don't think anybody can. No one can. Um, no one can. And so, Again, that's why I do try to model those behaviors and like uh, ask you know ask questions or ask for help because like if if people seeing me do it you know as a more senior member of the team then maybe they'll be more comfortable doing it as well. Um, so you know just just really trying to model the right behaviors and and also try to encourage the right behaviors. Like if we've had a tough week and it's like Friday at four and you know, I'll be like, hey team, I'm signing off, you should do the same, you know, go, you know, stop working. <laughs> and, you know, my team has said like, that's, you know, that's been really helpful for them. Um, and like, you know, I, we all work hard enough, like, you know, if you can just try to take some time for yourself and, and do what you like to do, <laughs> then, then it's helpful. So yeah, that's my friend, I, I,
1: asking help in and out of work. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could, we all try to just do it all by ourselves. I know before I went on, um, maternity leave, I was trying to wrap up every project I had before going, and that's not possible. I don't know what I was thinking eight months, nine months, and <laughs> I was supposed to also wrap up every project. Um, and then finally yeah, I broke down and I asked for help and um, there was no backlash. Like I was afraid there was going to be, people were more than willing. It was like hire more outside counsel. My colleagues took on more work and um, it helped some of them in their professional growth. I'm sure the outside counsel liked the more money and I was just a happier, you know, person. I wasn't so stressed out, you know, leaving and I was able to finish up the important things um, yeah. instead of getting bogged down with every single thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Another another hot tip I have is I love to cook. Well, I love to eat. So I love to cook too. <laughs> um, We're both big So
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Sometimes like you don't have enough time. So my husband and I both work from home and you know, we both work full time. We've got the kids. And so one other place we outsource sometimes is dinner. Um yeah. and not, not just like takeout, although we're, you know, takeout's fine, but there's a really great uh, company called Weco, W-E-C-O, Weco Hospitality that has these, I think they were born out of the pandemic and it's, you know, these chefs that make these like phenomenal meals. Um, Tonight we're having chorizo tacos with like these amazing homemade tortilla chips and like the best kind of fry, the best Spanish rice and, refried beans. It's
0: amazing. I'm a little it, it's amazing.
2: <laughs> And then there's like pickled onions and like, um, fresh green salsa. And it's, you know, it's takeout, but it's like elevated takeout <laughs> and you're supporting a local, you know, business. They deliver like all over. It's, it's amazing. Um, and you know, I'm not, at first I was like, Oh, I'm embarrassed because I should be able to cook, you know, five times a week and blah, blah. I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to eat good food. And, It's okay, you know, and and so we if I if we know we have a busy week like we'll order, you know, we code two times a week. I have a coworker who orders it like five five days a week, and
1: (laughs) which is amazing. I've just written that down, and that may have been the best advice I've gotten from the (laughs) job. I'm going to be googling that as soon as, I, as
0: we wrap up. Uh, yeah, that is. I mean, that is like the perfect answer for how to ask for help is, is find this company, WeCo. Um, <laughs> might we might, might have them sponsor us next season. <laughs> so um, you know, just just uh, I, I know we're, we've kept you a long time on. So I, I you know before we wrap up, there's just two more questions we wanted to ask you, which we ask all of our guests, in fact. Um, so the first thing we would love for you to to share with us is. Um, What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first entered the in-house practice?
2: I know, when I I saw this question, I was like, oh, I actually don't don't know. Um, (laughs) I think think what has been a surprise for me, and it's been interesting to see it through the eyes of um, Jason Georges, who just joined my team as senior corporate counsel. Um, So he's on the senior end and he's he's coming from a firm and he's been uh, a lifesaver in many respects. I think the difference between like firm life and in-house life is just so different. And, and I forgot because I've been in-house for, um, oh my God, 10, 11 years already. And so, you know, it, it's not as much like he was an m a attorney. And so he, you know, he's like drafting deal documents and things like that. Like I don't do a ton of drafting myself. Um, I feel, I find that a lot of my Role is being like a quarterback or a project manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know it's more than that. Um, and I mean, project managers are amazing, mm-hmm. but it, it's so much coordination between in house. Like, I I do think that what I learned at the firm, you know, in managing larger deal teams or diligence teams or whatever, and working with the different kind of expertise really helped me here. Um, but that plus like just my ability to kind of get things done has has. Um, made me, you know, successful in-house. So I think that just the difference of, you know, you still obviously do a ton of work in-house and you're, you know, um, doing a lot, but it's, it's like a different type of work um, a little bit. I don't know if you, Alex and Richie feel the same or have, have kind of experienced the same. No, I think well, it's I- said the project manager
1: piece. Um, a lot of my colleagues and, and my husband who's also, you know, an M&A corporate attorney in-house is the same thing that the quarterback analogy and um, working with all pieces, you know, all across the company, all different types of expertise, pulling that in. It's not just the um, drafting, which you, when you go to law school, you think that's all, what it's going to all be about. Um, it's It's really not. But I think that's what's great about being in-house.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely
0: yeah and I, and i would I would echo the same i I feel like just the ability to wear multiple hats and and you know as you say, sort of like not always thinking out of it just from the one piece of expertise that you have is is um is fantastic so um and then the other question we we're gonna ask you is um and you've already given us a lot of really fantastic career advice, but what is the best pr- piece of career advice that you've ever received
2: yeah so. Um, This isn't really mind blowing or anything, but uh, honestly, the best advice I have received is just to continue like doing what you're doing or, or like continue to just be yourself. Um, I I feel like a lot of people, you know, especially earlier on, like maybe they're not sure of themselves or maybe they feel like they need to fit this mold of the corporate attorney or, you know, an in-house attorney or a firm attorney. And, and really like, you're going to be most successful when you are true to yourself. Like whether that's a person who laughs a lot or uses a lot of giffies or, you know, like exclamation <laughs> points or, or whatnot, um, uh, just, just really being yourself. And, and, um, I feel like I have been encouraged to, to do that over, you know, the course of my career, which has been really encouraging and helpful. And, you know, I, I do think that's, that's good advice.
1: No, I think it's great. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? I mean, this has been a great conversation and and really informative.
2: Um, No, I I just really thank you both for being so thoughtful on the questions and, you know, for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited. And, you know, I think what you're doing is is so fantastic for other attorneys. um, And I look forward to listening to other, you know, other episodes, not my own, because no one likes the sound of their own voice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both.
0: Yeah, no, thank you, Lon. This has really been a a fantastic conversation. Um, We really, really appreciate your time. Um, So this has been another episode of Around the In-House, which is now available on iTunes and Google Podcasts. So please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at ACC Northeast. And watch out for the ACC Northeast chapter posts on LinkedIn to hear more future episodes of Around the In-House. I'm Alex Affariot,
1: And I'm Ruchi Sasodia-Shaw. We look forward to speaking with you again soon. Check out HubSpot's career page. And thank you all. Thank you, on Thank you, on
0: Thank you so
2: much.